wise man once said, life is a bowl of cherries. At least I assume he was a wise man. I, I don't, uh, uh, his name is Bob Fosse. I don't really recognize that name, but he apparently is the one to which that quote is attributed. But there's a little bit more to the quote that I know that I had never heard before, and perhaps you haven't either. It goes on to say, this again re in reference to life, don't take it serious. It's so mysterious. I, uh, I can't argue with that. We all have times in our life trying to figure things out. Almost on a daily basis, things are mysterious, hard to figure out, hard to process. John Lennon once said, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. How prophetic and ironic, given the way that his life ended. And of course, Tom Hanks, as Forrest Gump famously said, life is a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Hard to argue with that. But how about you? How would you describe life? Give you a second to reflect on that. It might change. It might be different tomorrow than today. But how would you sum it up? What are your thoughts about life? I thought we might look at life from a spiritual perspective this morning on this very special Sunday, not only Memorial Day weekend, but also the the uh, celebration of our Holy Trinity. So I'm going to uh, now move to, if this were a Zoom meeting, I'm going to screen share with you if you can sort of imagine that. But as we said a couple of weeks ago, we're old school, right? So what is life? What does it mean to you? Any thoughts? Anything anybody would like to share? I'm going to try to do it in one word here. If you could sum up life in one word. What might it be? What are, we, what are we thinking about today? Yes, Carol in the back. How about a gift? A gift, okay, very good. You know, we take, we take life for granted so often. Make sure everybody can see this. Um, but it is indeed a gift, and it's only those moments when we realize, oh boy, life is so fleeting, we, we realize the, the value of that gift. Kim, you have something, Dad? Life is good. Life is good. A true optimist. Life is good. good. Good to get out of bed in the morning and say life is good. That's a good start to the day, right? If we have that optimistic attitude, life is good. Chances are it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If we believe that life is good, then life will be good, at least better than what it could be, right? So good, good thought there, Kim. Any, anybody else have anything? Yes, Phyllis. Challenge. Okay, fair enough. Life is a challenge. My writing is really bad, and probably not big enough, but anyway. Life is a challenge, yeah. Uh, there's not a day goes by where there isn't something that probably challenges us in, in one way or another. However, because of our faith, we are equipped to deal with those challenges. It doesn't mean it's easy, but certainly that's the, the opportunity that we have. So anything else that anybody would like to add today? Paul? I would say constantly changing. Constantly changing. Okay. Life is always changing. And if you don't change with it, you're going to be in trouble. So we had to make a lot of changes in this past year, right? Things that we didn't really want to do, but we had to do. We had to, we had to, make, we had to deal with the change, and that's good to be flexible. Bill? Full of wonder. Oh, nice. 
And sometimes it's the simple things that create the most wonder. Like last night, my experience in the Serenity Garden. Just so peaceful and so calm. No motorcycles, no 18-wheelers, just nice and calm. Just the, the birds and the squirrels and the chipmunks and a very peaceful setting up on the hill. So life is indeed a wonder. Cindy. Life is an opportunity. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> so life is um, an opportunity, and that's another optimistic way to look at life, okay? Uh, life can be difficult, life can be troubling, but life is an opportunity, and many, many opportunities come with it. Precious. Precious. Oh, that's a good one. You actually stole mine. That's good. <laughs> so anyway, very good. Uh, and, and I think we all know that, but, but there are the, the, those times when, when, uh, when maybe it's fleeting or maybe we're dealing with a real difficult situation, that's when we really realize how, how precious it is. Evelyn? Life is a blessing in all those things. Yeah, it's a blessing. Good way to sum it up. Life is a blessing. To be sure. So you have got a lot of positive thinkers here. That's really good. That's that's encouraging. And you know, I think because we're 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 steeped in our faith, that's why we look at life the way that we do. Yeah, there's there's difficulties, there's you know, things we have to get past, but you know, look at the bright side and understand the, the importance of our faith. So so you will I, I think I'll give all of you an A plus for that uh, sort of participation this morning. You nailed it. Um, Christy mentioned precious. I was also going to add to that sacred. Life is sacred for those of us in the faith. But there's a problem. If that is indeed the case, why would Jesus seemingly minimize the value of life in the passage that Stuart read for us when he said, no one has greater love than to give up one's life for one's friends. And that's one of those uh, troubling passages in Scripture. What is, what is meant by that? What does he really mean? Do we, do we need to lay down our life? What, what is it all about? I thought we could, we could process that a, a little bit this morning. Now, obviously, Jesus, who said it, uh, cannot be in, accused of hypocrisy because, in fact, he gave up his life for all of us. Does it mean, then, that life in this world is... Not important? Of course not. In fact, Scripture offers a very clear and distinct endorsement for the sanctity of life and the glory of peace. Have we ever thought about peace in the context of glory? Isn't that the way we really would like to live? In peace with one another? Here's what Stuart read for us from the Old Testament passage in Isaiah. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of the mountains. It will be lifted above the hills, and people will stream to it. Many nations will go and say, come, let's go to the Lord's mountain, to the house of Jacob's God, so that he may teach us his ways, and we may walk in his paths. So I think we're all looking forward to that day. However... I think we can get started right now. 
Not so coincidentally, Oak Chapel being located on the top of a hill, a serene hill, a place where we now have a garden, a place to worship outdoors. Could we not all come here, as you have today, to stream here to understand and process the Word of God and what He has in mind for us? Because here's what comes later. Instruction will come from Zion, the Lord's Word from Jerusalem. God will judge between the nations. He will settle disputes of mighty nations. Peace. Peace at last. And the weapons of war will be no more. As scripture says, they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning tools. Nation will no longer take up sword against nation. They will no longer learn how to make war. Come, house of Jacob, let us walk by the Lord's light. Oh, how we long for the day of peace Peace that he promises will one day come to us. But what about now? What is life about now? You, you put together a really good list there. That was really, really helpful, really inspiring. So how do we move on from here? Well, this we know. God sent his only begotten son to lay down his life for our sins so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That is the ultimate sacrifice, and at the same time, the ultimate gift. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that we will be forced to give our life for him, but it does mean that we should give our life to him. Those tricky prepositions, once again, rearing their heads here in, in Scripture. Subtle but also profound difference. He frames it this way. As the Father loved me, I too have loved you. Remain in my love. Simple enough, but there's more. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I kept my Father's commandments and remain in his, level, his love. So he set the example for us to follow him, to love him, to remain in him, to seek peace with one another, to love our neighbor, to do the things that are challenges, as someone mentioned, challenges in life, but things that we are all, through Christ, capable of doing. I have said these things to you so that my joy will be in you and that your joy will be more complete. Is it then, can we draw this conclusion, is it then God's intent that we enjoy life. Why not, right? Life is so short. But there's one very important caveat. This is my commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. So laying down one's life doesn't necessarily mean death in a physical sense. What it does mean is a total commitment of the energy and the life that we have. That is to declare ourselves dead to sin in the flesh and alive in Christ in the spirit. So is it too much to ask that we commit our lives to him with that same fervor and that same passion? I believe that it is doable with a series of steps, a progression of 
instruction. So I'm going to do the screen share again, if you can pretend that you're on your computer, because I, we all enjoyed that time at home, right, when we were all cooped up and doing Zoom calls. All right. So um, how do we get started here? How does this process begin? The first thing that we do, and I believe that we've all done this at some point or another, is to submit. It's no longer about me. It's about you. Now, granted, we're still in the flesh, but I want to make a complete commitment to you. So I submit to you, Lord. Whatever you have in mind, I will submit to you. And then I'm going to take it one step further. And this is really difficult, but I'm going to give it all. I'm going to surrender. Surrender is not an easy thing, but how do we, how do, we do that? How do we, uh, how do we take that next step to say, yeah, Lord, I'm on board, but I'm not completely on board. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence a little bit. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, he's asking us to, to surrender to him. Okay. Now, we know in the passage from Matthew and various Gospels that he tells the, rich man, the young rich man, well, if you really want to follow me, just sell all that you have and, and follow me. And, and, the, and, the, and the poor young man, he says, I can't do that. So I'm not saying that's not what Scripture says because obviously that's what it says. But I think, moreover, it is our willingness to surrender all the things that are important of this world and put him number one. So whatever we do, let's, let's just make him number one. Let's submit to him in all that we do and all that we say. As a result of that, we will become selfless. I will put you in front of me. When I was a young person, one of the first books I received for Christmas was a book by Gail Sayers. He was a great running back for the Chicago Bears. Got injured early in his career, but uh, he wrote a book. It was called I Am Third. And what he meant by that was, it is God first, my fellow man, my neighbor, second, and then I am third. Now, this is antithetical of what a lot of our athletes profess today. Say, I'm number one. I'm the best. Look at me. Gail Sayers had a different perspective on that. So I was very moved, very touched by that book at a young age. I don't know that I totally bought in, but I understood that I needed to be selfless. And then the next step, what happens, again, is a natural progression in all of this. And you guys are great at this, but we move on to service. If we love him, if we submit to him, if we surrender, if we are selfless, then it's only natural that it only makes sense that we will become servants of his. So I've seen in the short time here at Oak Chapel, marvelous examples of unselfish service, dedication and commitment, which has really stirred my heart and frankly made me proud in a good way of the people that I am in contact with and the potential of this church from the pantry to the youth room to the garden to the general maintenance the care and concern ran into Stewart on Friday he was doing a project to help with our security system didn't have to come in I don't know if it was his day off or not but it was important for him to come in 
and apply his skills, <clears throat> something I could never do, hang a shelf and make it even. Um, he was willing to do that. And, and, and each of you are willing because you've submitted and, and you have surrendered. You have become, you've been transformed. You are now selfless and you are servants. But Jesus says, I'm not going to call you a servant anymore. I'm going to call you a friend. You're on board. So we call all of you friends. You are our friends. We are one together, united in Christ. And the final S in this progression is a little bit more difficult. And it's sort of what we touched on earlier about our willingness to give it all. And it's called sacrifice. Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross. He was obedient to the Father. He knew that's what the Father requested. He knew that was the only way that the peoples of his day, not to mention those of us who would follow, would be saved. Otherwise, we've got no chance. We have no chance unless he sacrifices it all. So are we, in fact, being able or being asked to sacrifice to that same level? Well, maybe, maybe not. But I think what he's really asking us to do is to give of ourselves. And I'll bet each of us could go around this morning and cite an example. When, they made a, when you made a sacrifice on behalf of someone else. Might not have been a big deal. Maybe you gave a little bit of your time, a little bit of your wealth, a little bit of your hospitality. You gave of yourself. You sacrificed for someone else. And that brings about glory and honor to God. So on this Memorial Day, that's where we come to today, as we honor those who paid the ultimate price but also those in this congregation and elsewhere who are willing, even willing to pay the ultimate price. How inspiring that is. So as we prepare now to move from Memorial Day and mark what I believe is the 77th anniversary of D-Day and to salute the veterans who showed unbelievable valor on June 6, 1944. I cannot imagine being in that scenario, even watching the black and white footage and reading the accounts is chilling. So many of them knowing that they had no chance, but still willing to sacrifice in the name of freedom. That's what we celebrate today. Death to life. Thankfully, we sit here this morning in the comfort and the freedom of a sanctuary that is not under siege, where we can come freely and share in fellowship. We have that because of the sacrifice that our Lord made for us and others who followed were willing to make as well. Jesus illuminates this when he says, Everything he heard from his father, he has made known to us. So we can no longer claim ignorance. We know the truth. We didn't choose him, but he chose us and appointed us so that we could go and produce fruit so that our fruit could last. Now, sadly, 
Much of humankind's fruit has since soured and even spoiled, but not all of it. As a result, because of your fruit, there is still hope. Hope to the extent that whatever we ask from the Father, in the name of the Son, it will be given to us. These commandments were given to us for one simple but also complex reason. So that we could love one another. Let us honor those who have made the ultimate sacrifice as well as those who are willing to do so. Let us also pray, as Stuart read for us, that the swords will one day become plowshares and that we might all live together as one, in love and in peace, forever. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, our quest for peace has been long and arduous. We give thanks for those with the courage and the valor to protect our freedom against evil forces. Let us also realize that if we learn to follow your commands and love one another, our hearts will be softened and we will live together in harmony. Thanks to peace, the peace that transcends all understanding. This we pray in your great and glorious name. Amen.